guys, welcome back, and this is Roll Sports coming to you here today. My name is Ryan Richard, I'm going to be your host today. Um, this is Roll Sports, we release the podcast every Saturday and Wednesday in June for our June special. The top is covered in this uh, podcast, we'll have uh, deep content, so make sure you check that out. This features the NBA, NFL, NBA, and golf. Golf is back, Bundesliga, and what to watch. And make sure to leave a voice message in um, at anchor.fm slash ryan-richie. Um, if you have not heard, I do not like ads. Um, I try to keep it into like two ad breaks um, an uh, episode, so you should be good on that. I hope it doesn't bother you. I try to put at least one at the end, so like when I'm done, you just... There's just an ad, so you can just step out, don't listen to that. So one of them is at the end. So it's really mostly content, which is what I am focused on. And let's get into this. Let's get into this. We can start with the MLB next with the draft breakdown. So as I said earlier, I am going to be true to this. And first of all, I'm going to be talking about the MLB. I'm going to do this because on our last episode, our previous one on Wednesday, it was the day of the first round of the MLB draft. And I promise you that Saturday, today, that it's June 13th, 2020, that I would be doing a draft breakdown. So if you haven't, to get this draft breakdown when you want to, make sure you subscribe or follow this. Um, this uh, podcast for sports. So let's get into it. So the draft breakdown, I want to talk about of how teams did and kind of how this MLB draft is orienta- orientated. If, if you haven't heard or if you haven't really realized this, I'm sure you have, but this is all pitchers. Um, these are all pitchers. All of these guys are pitchers, mostly, in the first rounds, and then they just stick them in AAA to develop. If you're looking for what teams really did in the draft, um, why don't you you can fast forward um, a little bit, and you can hear that in our next segment. So there's going to be an ad after this thing this segment and then you can get what teams did in the draft. But I'm going to talk about how this draft is kind of orientated and of course your latest arguments, plans, and proposals. So if you haven't noticed, these are all pitchers. Like I was saying, I'm sure you have noticed the MLB drafts, they're just all pitchers. And for me, I don't know about you, but it kind of just gets the slightest bit annoying when you're seeing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. You see the plans, you see how you can develop them, you exactly know why that they have pitchers. But it's kind of annoying when it's the same position over and over again. And that is kind of the thing that, you know, bugs me a little bit about the draft. It's not in the first round, especially not in orientated or wide picture of all positions. It's kind of stuck so far to just the pitchers, which I don't find that at all really uh, enter, not entertaining. It was really entertaining, but not not just the most ideal thing to target your listener, your your watchers, but of course they have no, like for me, it wasn't the most interesting thing, 
But, you know, teams do what they do, and I respect that, and that's perfectly fine that, they, that it was mostly pitchers in their, um, in the draft. So, um, the latest, so, it, yeah, it's basically, it's just totally fine. I think it's, it's fine. So, players, um, are coming back on the latest arguments, plans, and proposals. Some of the owners' proposal players were really mad and saying some harsh comments about the owners' uh, re- plans. They were tweeting that on Twitter. And it would, if you haven't checked that out, make sure to, because that was a big step forward because the players were saying, hey, we're not going to stay with you like this. We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. And you're trying to stretch this out, but we want to play. We want our money fairly. And the players have a better point than the owners, I would say. Speaking of the owners, the owners of a few a few um players have also tweeted about the owners in there and they say if the owners want to help in this pandemic they can that is completely true all owners all sports teams they're billionaires and there haven't been that much donations towards uh uh towards helping relieve of COVID-19 possibly or vaccine research or anything like that no sports owners have stepped in and really addressed that, addressed that issue, and done that. Not any big things. There have been a few, but not a lot of big theoretic, um, logical owners. And the owners can help if they want to. They can help if they want to. They are choosing not to, which is fine but not fine it's fine because it's their own decision it's not fine because they could be helping them they could be doing their part and helping the world maybe just the slightest bit but they could just still be helping in any way shape or form and they are choosing not to which people have a valid point they the owners can help if they want to the owners can help if they want to so as I said, latest plans, arguments, and proposals. Guess what? Guys are just jostling back and forth, owners in the Players Association. Just random deals. And these aren't real deals. They're just kind of, you know, played around. They are not serious. Like we said in the last episode, you've got to check that out about the first, I don't know, um, the first 15 minutes. I really just why Major League Baseball is not getting back in mid-July. Um, there's just too many steps. I'm going to highlight that right here. They have to do their planning, which is going to take a while if you uh, get it thought out well. Spring training, then you start the regular season, and then all of that. And you can't just make a plan and everyone's going to agree. There's got to be some jostling. You could say right here there's jostling. It's not. It's not real jostling. People are not really throwing back, they're just throwing back ideas to throw back ideas. They're not really real. People aren't expecting, if the players or owners have a proposal, they aren't expecting it to be taken. They're not expecting it to be saying, they're not, the players or owners aren't expecting each other to say, oh, we love this idea, let's go play right now. That's not how it's going to work either. The players are going to take like weeks and a lot of thought to put into it 
to make this plan real. And and I they don't have a plan, so I can't really rate this in like entertainment wise, but right now you'd be looking at normal stadiums with um with with no fans of course and that's really it. That's all they have down. They don't have anything. Not the regular season plans or spring training. They still have to get spring training in before they start the regular season. So, I mean, and that's at least three weeks that they have to get in. Pitchers can't just go out and pitch. And there is real talk about having fans in the stands for baseball. And what I have my take on that is you get back first. You get back on the ball field and then you can have fans. Um you guess what? You can have fans. You can't have it obviously in a maximum capacity. You can't have forty five thousand people. You might be able to fit uh two hundred people in a section, maybe you go 100 people in a section. Maybe you take out every five seats and you're going to be perfectly fine socially distanced. And I think there is a safe way to execute this. But first, if whether it's NBA baseball, and baseball is also, well, most of them are outside, so that would help with the air circulation. And most of these, uh, most of the, this would kind of work. Most of the sports can get away with this. Um, maybe not the NBA because you're kind of indoor, you might have to reduce that capacity a little bit of going in fans. But first, we have to get the sports back, which is what the NBA is doing. And you don't have to have fans. It might not be safe, and you have to risk with people not following guidelines. And you are there for two and a half hours, like just under six to ten feet. So there is a little bit of a risk there. And... Obviously, you're exchanging tickets and going through security and all of that. So, I think that's what's holding it back. I'm sure there is a safe way, but right now, with all that security, I don't think you can do it. If there wasn't security, like I said earlier, or let's say nothing, you just let in fans, it could be fine. But with all this additional stuff, it's not the most ideal way. So, we have to get sports back and we have to be safe before we even think about getting fans. And that's not really happening right now with some sports. Some sports it is, like the NBA, and some sports it isn't, like the MLB. The NFL, they cannot, they're they're not in a position to do anything right now. Why? Well, they're not in a position to do anything because if they make a, it's just too early. It's just too early to make a plan. If you say, Oh, well, we're going to cancel it. No, they're not going to cancel it. Even if you did, then you have no return of getting back. You say, oh, we're going to have a modified season. You don't know if you need to have a modified season. So that's why they're in their spot where they can just stay quiet right here and not say anything, and they don't have to do any plans. Baseball is figuring out the arguments, and this is a terrible spot for Major League Baseball. So, like, yeah, like I just reviewed... A couple of minutes ago, it's gonna take a while to get baseball back. So I, so I can't really rate a thing for you, a proposal. But let's say the proposal was no fans in stands and um normal baseball, normal ballparks. Well, we don't know that for sure. There's gonna be more depth. That's just a base idea. 
you're going to have to figure out tra traveling. Are you going to have it in one location? Like, all of that. I'm not saying this is going to be an idea. It could very well not be an idea. I'm just saying a random thing in a random time. And just saying, if this was it, and you play a little bit of strength training, get back to the, uh, to the, to, to baseball, and you have the World Series in November in Miami, for example, and the problem, first of all, you could have a second outbreak in the fall, lots of experts are saying, and second of all, the entertainment value in that is going to be skyrocketing, everyone's going to make marketing, the same as the NBA, this is going to be a huge marketing step for them, because everyone's going to want to want to watch it so speaking of golf it's kind of the same situation over there in your in your golf standpoint everyone is watching these golf tournaments right now so for baseball like we we're saying the entertainment value if you had no fans in normal ballparks i would put the entertainment value compared to a regular season, that would be a seven. This is not entertainment value as of now when you have no sports. It was entertainment value as of now when you have no sports and you were it'd be a, a ten for everything. This is compared to a regular season and saying if we had a regular season and if this popped in, this would probably be a seven. So it's not obviously the most entertainment because fans are big part especially in college football or NFL but not as much in the MLB but they still mean a lot to like the way the the way the the the, the play goes and I've been watching a little bit of of the Bundesliga and the best teams win simply because there's no fans there's no songs there's nothing that can disrupt it's just talent it's just going to be talent with the Bundesliga and golf fans don't really affect golf really there's no home court advantage unless you've played on a course a lot so it's not going to really affect golf that much and on the um and golf is also an easy way to social distance you might be saying well baseball why can't we get back get that back right now because it's way easy because it's easy to social distance the thing is it is not easy to social distance it is social it is easy to social distance when you're in the outfield and the infield is not with the catcher and the batter and the umpire. In the dugouts, have you thought about the dugouts? In the locker rooms, it's not going to happen. It, you cannot do that with social distancing. So you're going to have to have to find a lot of testing and they have to be accurate for you to test everyone and you get the results back quick and they're accurate so it can be safe because... There's no way to social distance completely when you're at that stage. So, we have a draft breakdown of the first 20 teams of the first round. We have that coming up next, just World Sports. And now for your sponsored segment. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to re-record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer with the app or your website. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to World Sports. 
So I said that I was going to get into the draft breakdown of each team. I said that, and I will, in this segment. But first, really quickly for the first 30 seconds, I just want to get a quick timeline in June only of what has happened in the MB, in the um, MLB step-by-step. Step. So June 1st, the MLB most shorter season, and it is full um, salaries for players. On June 8th, a 76-game proposal by the league was quickly dismissed by players. On June 9th, proposal, um, players respond with 89-game proposal. And that's kind of what you are at. So you see the jostling back and forth. And full salaries for players are what the players are wanting. And the Players Association previously on May 31st wanted 114 game season and deferred salaries of a canceled postseason and an option for all players to opt out of a potential 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns. And that was what ESPN and MLB, not ESPN, MLB said. So you have that. So the draft picks for the first round, I'm just going to go over them right now. As you probably um, remembered, the first round, the first pick, um, the Detroit Tigers selected Spencer Torkelson, a first baseman, first baseman, out of Arizona State University. He's the safest pick in this draft. He um, had 54 home runs in 127 career games at Arizona State and was only two home runs um, shy of the Sun Devil school record held by Bob Horner when the 2020 season was cut short. So the this is the first right-handed, first baseman that has, um, that has came, that has been the first round pick ever, the first right-handed first baseman. And he was um, announced as a third baseman by Rob Manfred, of course. And he has comparisons of New York Mets star Pete Alonso. And why the Tigers have taken him here? So took him here. So he fills a major system need and gives the Tigers a slugger who should um, make his way to the majors quickly. So of course they stick him. Down the AAA, like we said, it's not easy to to earn um to earn that. It's not easy to earn uh, a a a roster spot. So Detroit has a strong group of pitching prospects, as we know. But the 19-year-old um, Riley Green was the only real hitting prospect of note until the Tigers made the pick in the top player in the draft number overall pick. The big surprise was the Tigers announced Torkelson as a third baseman after he played first base during his career at Arizona State. Wow. He became the first third baseman to go number one overall since Pat Burrell in 1998. So he was drafted as a third baseman, but he, he was drafted as a first baseman, but they converted him to a third baseman. So, number sec the number two pick overall, the Baltimore Orioles. He had 
They had Keston Kershaw, a right fielder from Arkansas. And who is he, you might be asking. He um, is the best power of like any left-handed pitcher in the draft. He has performed well at Arkansas and led the Team USA with a .395 average last summer. He's uh, strictly a corner outfielder, and his, his swing has a lot of moving parts, including a pause with a big leg kick. So, you know, the strikeouts are a concern. He had a 4.65 strikeouts and 21 walks. Strikeout to walk ratio, 65-21 strikeout to walk ratio as a sophomore. But he was off to a great start in the non-conference play in 2020, hitting .448, an average of .448, and he had six home runs in twenty and sixteen games. So, to, with six home runs in sixteen games, and the Orioles took him here because the Orioles really need—they're a bad team and they need some power, and they got it right here. They got it right here with power. They need power, and they need outfielders, and that's exactly what they got. So, Max Meyer, the Miami Marlins selected. He's a right-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher from Minnesota. Who is he? Walker Buehler's name comes up often in comparisons. This right-hander stands right around six feet, but he has triple digits on the radar gun with his fastball. He started his college career as a reliever for Minnesota and some question whether his major league future is in the bullpen rather than atop a big league rotation. There's no denying his level is playing at any level and he shined brightly for Team USA last summer. So he played for USA. By the way, I'm getting this draft breakdown um, the draft who the teams picked for ESPN. So, just that. So, the Kansas City Royals, they had Asa Lacey, a left-handed pitcher from Texas A&M. So, he's a a hard-throwing left-hander, and he was off to a tremendous start as a junior, and he had a um, a 3-0 record with the 0.75 ERA and 46 strikeouts in 24 innings. This is from my notes. He's a traditional power pitcher with a mid to high 90s fastball and upper 80 slider as his two best pitches. Fastball and slider, we know how much effective that can be. And his control will be the biggest question as he advances through the minors, having some struggles with control, some scouts say. But Lacey has pierced off to get away with being a little wild. As you've seen, if you have that good of a pick, you better trust him. And they are. And it's okay if he's wild, if he has that good stuff. So they, um, the, uh, my MB, the Kids City Royals, they're struggling. And they took him because... Let's face it, they need another pitcher. And they need pitchers, and guess what? Everyone chooses pitchers. And they stick him in AAA. He could develop, and I think he could be a really good pitcher. I don't, a pitcher, I don't know what you think, but I certainly do. The fifth overall pick is the Toronto Blue Jays with Austin Martin, a third baseman from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, we know how good of a baseball team they have. 
He's the latest early first round pick out of Vandy. So the latest guy to be picked the first round pick first round. So Martin is the best known for his contact and his play discipline. So discipline only hitting strikes. Which is really handy when you get guys trying to get you to chase in the MLB. After hitting 392.392 with 10 home runs his sophomore in 2019, he had an average of .377 average and 1.168 OPS in 16 games this season, primarily as a third baseman, and his glove skills are really good, apparently, and after the film that I've watched, his glove skills are good to handle with the middle of the infield and even play a little bit of center field. So third baseman, middle, well, I guess that defines as shortstop and second base with center field. They have a lot of options for him. And the Toronto Blue Jays need a lot of options. They need a lot of players, especially at the middle infield. Not necessarily, you would say, at third base, but they could stick him anywhere. So they could they could really put him anywhere, and that's why he's so beneficial at this point. If he was dressed with third baseman, they wouldn't took him. They would not have took them, I don't think. The Seattle Mariners might have. Who are up next? Emerson Hancock they took for six overall. He's a right-handed pitcher from Georgia. Who is he? He is a number one overall pick going into the college season, but he wasn't as quite dominant in his four um, 2020 outings for the for um, the Bulldogs for the Georgia Bulldogs after a really good 2019 season that ended early because of injury. So he has had injury in this pandemic, really upsetting for him. He's six four with a pitch in his high 90s for his fastball. And he is a frontline starter, as um, as uh, teams uh, suspect. And why the Mariners took him here? The Mariners took him because they just needed. We're all in. They were all in on this player in college, and it was just a matter of when he got to the draft and whether they go pitcher position player. They ended up going with the pitcher, of course, the third straight draft. The Mariners have taken a college pitcher in the first round. Following Logan Gilbert in 2018 and George Kirby in 2019. After using 18 starting pitchers in 2019, the Mariners hoped Hancock's upside, which is as high as any pitchers in the draft, will allow him to move more quickly to Seattle and end the major league, the majors longest playoff drought. So Seattle has a really long playoff drought as we know of. They need to get back to winning. Pittsburgh Pirates will go to the NL Central. Nick Gonzalez second baseman New Mexico State. He put up video game numbers, video game numbers, we all know that. At New Mexico State, positioning a .399 career slash line, .399 batting average, including a mid-boggling 
0.448 average and a 0.610 OBP and 1.15 slugging percentage. You read that correctly. He had that this season. Those numbers came in from one of the most offensive-friendly environments in college baseball in a high altitude of, um, of Las Cruces and the weaker um, Western Athletic Conference. But Gonzalez cemented his status as an elite prospect by taking home MVP honors in the Cape Cod League last summer. Right, the Pirates took him. The Pirates took him because they have some, they have some, you know, pitchers. They don't really need a pitcher. And they have kind of a um, second baseman in Kevin Newman. And he can play shortstop or second base. They really need to plug in second base. Or shortstop, and they found a great second baseman here, so Newman could stay at shortstop where he normally plays, but he can also play second base, so Newman stays at shortstop, and they found Nick Gonzalez, which I think will be a great fit for them. So I think they're going to have a really good second baseman and shortstop when this guy develops. So that is why they took him. The number eight Overall pick, first high schooler from San Diego Padres, Robert Hassel, center fielder, Independence High School in Tennessee. He is a high school player with the best hit tool in the draft, scouts say. Hassel is a six foot two lefty swinger with a lean frame and above average arm and a chance to stick him in in center field. Hassel started last summer for the 18 um, and under national team, and Kylie McDaniel compares him to current Braves hot prospect Drew Waters. The big question kind of is how much power will he grow into? He has the power. He can grow more, but when will that happen? And will it happen? And the Padres took him because you know, somebody had to take someone out of high school eventually, right? And this is the latest the first high school player has ever gone in the, MB- in the MLB draft at eighth overall. Hassel is arguably the best prep hitter in this class. So he's a big hitter and exactly what the Padres kind of need. Colorado Rocky Zach Veen, center fielder from Spruce Greek High School. He's from Florida. He's a top high school bat in this draft in Florida commit and the Florida commit has been compared to Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger for his smooth swing and effortless effortless power, which would kind of show up in Colorado because it's Colorado. He's six foot four and above average runner who fits in in center field but could move to the corners if he fills out. So the question is, how good is he really if we see him in Colorado? This ball's going to fly like rockets. So we'll have to see in AAA how good this guy really is. And of course, those stats are going to skyrocket while, when he gets into the, when he gets into the, the, the majors. Because he's in Colorado. Los Angeles Angels, Reed Detmers, left-handed pitcher in Louisville. 
Who is Detmers? A left, a polished lefty who pounds the strike zone. He just, he's a pitcher. He pounds the strike zone. And believe me, I watch film on this guy. I watched him. He pounds the strike zone with a low 90s fastball. But he has a plus curveball, a plus changeup, and an excellent, um, you know, feel for pitching. His fastball plays up because he hides it well, framing it, like we said. And he fanned 167 in um, 113 in a third innings last year and was basically as dominant as you can get in four outings in 2020 with 46 Ks in 22 innings. Why the Angels took him? Because the Angels need a picture. The unfortunate death of Tyler Skaggs. We will not forget him and his family. So they need to kind of plug in for him, and they have that with um with the left-handed pitcher, who they're going to stick in the AAA, of course, Reed Dempsters, and they're hoping that he's going to develop so he can kind of replace Tyler Skaggs in a way. The Chicago White Sox, Garrett Krawcheck, a left-handed pitcher from Tennessee University. And... You might be asking, who is he? He is six foot six. He's a southpaw. He spent more time in his first two years at Tennessee pitching out of the bullpen and with mixed results. He had one forty three strikeouts in one thousand uh, sorry, one twenty eight and two thirds innings, but also twenty one home runs allowed and a four point seven six ERA. And he had a four point oh eight as a sophomore. And his peer stuff has a uh, Nine, between 96 and 100 mile per hour with fastball. Plus a breaking ball. So his his start to the 2020 was delayed because of a muscle issue in his shoulder. But he returned for one start and hit 99. And he has stuff to start but could end up as a late game weapon out of the bullpen. So it's unclear if they're going to be to be a bullpen or a starting pitcher. I'm kind of leaning towards... Um, a sturdy, a sturdy uh, bullpen, sorry. The White Sox, they have so many pitchers. They have so many young pitchers that they're going to develop. And the White Sox have so many young players. And this team could eventually be amazing. And they have so many young pitchers. I just don't think that they had to take him here. He is a great player. But they have so many young pitchers, pitchers that they can develop into great players. I think that they could use their time here with, you know, something, something. Somebody with kind of the infield, second base, or uh, second, third, just anywhere in the infield. Cincinnati Reds, Austin Hendrick, an outfielder from West Allegheny High School. So this is another high school from Pennsylvania. And his high school season never really got sight. Started, so Scarts are relying on his summer performance for 2019 when he impressed with easy raw power from the left side and a quick bat. He hit a ball out of Wrigley Field at the Under Armour High School All-American game last year, home out of Wrigley Field. He had one of the strongest arms in the draft, making him an ideal fit for right field, which you see, right field. He turns 19 in a week, so he's old for his draft class.
that's the only negative. I don't see that as a negative, but people are telling me it's a negative. So I'm going to tell you that, okay, yeah, it is a negative because he's just a little over the draft class having, what, like a, a less year to a year less to develop, which could come in in a long run. The Reds took him here, obviously, because the Reds need prospects, and that's what they got, of course, from the draft in the 12th overall pick, getting a really decent pick. For the 13th through 20th pick, I'm just going to scan over these guys and tell you the picks because I am running short on time of this segment time here. So, the San Francisco Giants, they select Patrick Bailey, um, a catcher from North Carolina State, our first catcher. He has um, 29 home runs in 130 run games with a good eye. And a 14.9% walk rate, including 23% in 2020. 14, Texas Rangers, Justin Foss. Foskew, second baseman, Mississippi State. He has 14 home runs with a, and a really good approach. 30 walks, 32 strikeouts to go with a .331 average. Philadelphia Phillies, Mac Abel, right-handed pitcher. And Jay Suit, high school out of Oregon. He is a 6'5", Abel is 6'5". And it's a first-round candidate since um, the the six he has been a first-round candidate since hitting the mid nineties on the radar gun early in his prep career. Still, he had an inconsistent summer last year and had just one outing in the spring. A hard slider is his best secondary pitch and receives good reviews for his maturity and makeup. 16, Chicago Cubs, Ed Howard, shortstop, Mount Carmel High School in Illinois, home state. He appeared in the Little League World Series in 2014. He's a 6'2 shortstop with a quick bat, and there's a potential with the stick here. And there's kind of a weak draft for high school shortstops. Let's face it, there's no high school shortstops got drafted, but the Cubs are confident in him, and they're going to stick him in AAA and wait for him to develop. 17, Boston Red Sox, Nick York, second baseman from Archbishop Midi High School from California. Who is he? He is um, a higher than most other rankings, number 69, MLB says. But some failures liked him as one of the best prep bats on the West Coast and he had a long track record of success in high school. He and a commitment to Arizona. He had a commitment to Arizona, so he was... So he was reviewed as an unlikely sign unless he went in the first round. And for 18, Arizona Diamondbacks, Bryce Jarvis, right-handed picture from Duke. He's, um, uh, velocity with fastball in the mid-90s to go with an outstanding changeup and a curveball that flashes plus as well. He's added weight and was off to a great start in 2020 with 40 Ks and two walks in 27 innings. He's already 22, but he could be a late groomer with some intriguing upside. Number 19, Nurik Mets, Pete Crow Armstrong. Pete, he might have instantly saw 
Alonzo, but no, Pete Crown Armstrong, center fielder, Harvard Westlake High School in California. Who is he? He's the son of two actors, and he went to the same prep school that produced Lucas Giolito, Max Fried, and Jack Flaherty. You know those pitchers, they're great. Same prep school. Wow, this guy could develop. He's been on Scouts Radar and has played for the 12U, 15U, and 18U national teams. And this left-handed hitter has more power than you could really imagine. Number 20, the Milwaukee Brewers. They selected Garrett Mitchell, center fielder from UCLA. He's a 6'3", 200 pounds, and bats left-handed. Displays huge raw power in batting practice and has a grade 70 or 80 speed. He hasn't learned how to tap into his power in games, although he did hit .349 last year for UCLA, while leading the nation with triples, and he had 12, and 18 stolen bases. That is going to be your draft breakdown for today, your first 20 picks. I know that was long. Thank you for, um, you know, staying with me with this. And, you know, next. You know, sports, it's back. Let's check out golf next. We'll have a quick break. It's real sports. This is World of Sports, and we are back. And like I said, we are going to be talking about golf. Golf is back. And right now, as I'm speaking, from June 10th to June 13th, 2020, I'm recording on June June 13th. um, The Charles Schraub Challenge is going on, and it is off. It is $7,500,000 for the winner. And the yards reach from 7,209 yards. This is in Fort Worth, Texas. And this is going to be interesting. The uh, defending champion is Kevin Na. The uh, precipitation is 1%. The gusts are 7 miles per hour. The wind is going east at 7 miles per hour. Of course, like we said, it is seven miles right now as we speak. Gary and Woodland is in first uh, place. Sorry, not Gary. Um, Woodland is in first place, followed by Grace and then Thomas. So there are your top four: Woodland, Grace, and Thomas. Top. Those are your top three. Sorry. And golf is back. I'm not big on golf, but you know, I, I'm. Uh, it's it's sports right now, and that's what you can take. Um, for for uh, a big name, name a big name, um, Brooks Kepka is. Um, Brooks Kepka is um at thirty second place, I think. As as I'm speaking right now, this could all um t- differentiate between on um, when when you're looking. And when you're when you're listening to this, but to make sure you get it right away, be sure to um, subscribe or follow or whatever you want to. I'm not begging you to, but um, that's it. So as you look, there has been history of like of like golf coming back after things and people are saying golf is totally safe which they are so what's gonna happen and this one particularly is 
Players take um, a at-home test before they fly in their charter. They're recommended to stay in hotels, but they don't have to stay in hotels. And then they play. They have tested all members that are going to be on the course. Everyone tested negative, so you are good there. But of course, they're not 100% accurate, but they will do. And if one person tests um, positive, they will be extracted from the competition. And players are not really expected to opt out. They are expected to just continue playing, acting like nothing really kind of happened. So that's what players are saying. That's what golf is saying that I think will happen. So that is a quick update on um, golf. On golf. So now I kind of want to shift over gears on um, talking about we haven't really we we talked about the NFL kind of a little bit in our in our um first in our first segment uh about baseball before the like 25 minute one uh, previously on the draft on the first one we talked about the NFL isn't really in a position to do anything so I want to touch on the NBA we kind of touch on that so the NBA is latest plan they are not budging and they're ready to get out players are saying we're ready to play and this is great this is great news guys and the nba is going to get back there are going to be sports i think and this is going to be really exciting i just can't wait golf is back and i'm not going to be greedy that's enough for me right now but if other sports get back that'd be even more amazing the Bundesliga is back, and they have cardboard fans with the noises. And the noises meaning, for if I watch this, if I watch the Bundesliga, they have the noises, so they are only, um, they have the camera picture, so they don't include fans. But if they do uh, include fans, which happens very rarely, they are cardboard fans, so the players can see the cardboard fans. So if they accidentally include include the fans. The cardboard fans, so-called cardboard fans, it lo- they look like real fans from a view. And they have the sound noises. So if I'm watching it at home on my couch, I can hear the sound noises of the crowds. They have real tape of it, and then they put it in. So, like, if it, there's a goal, the producer will play, like, exciting noises and and, and so forth. And, what, and that's really going to step up the entertainment value for the Bundesliga. That was kind of quick, I would say, in my opinion, a quick little kind of two sports here. Baseball was a majority uh, focus for, from the draft breakdown into normal baseball news. So I have got this question a lot. What do I watch? What do I watch during my episode? What do I watch during my, during my, during quarantine? You can watch golf. Make sure to look out for these documentaries. You can watch podcasts like this, like me. You can watch, you can watch, listen to this. You could also not listen to this. I'm totally fine with that. I'd prefer if you listen to me, of course, I'm totally fine if you don't, but I would like you to. Listen to other sports podcasts and just look out for the documentaries. There's one on Tom Brady coming out next spring. And I think that will be interesting because I don't think we're really at a time for Tom for a Tom Brady episode. 
Tom Brady documentary because his career is still on and it's too current for us to kind of look back like the way we look back on Michael Jordan. It's just too current and his career is still going on. It's not the best fit for a documentary, but hey, let's take it. It's let's take it. Let's just take it. Sorry, I have to fit. Let's see, I have to fit one more ad in here. So fast forward um, 37 more seconds to get the podcast. like that I, I kind of like that like like pop okay so anyway we are going to be done that's going to be it today for saturday june 13th episode be sure to check out previous episodes or anything you want if you liked it make sure to leave a comment or just like it if you have the option to do on what you're listening on um make sure to visit my website at ways.link slash rule sports slash rule sports will be w for the w in world and s for the s in sports and uh wave is spelled w-a-v-b-e leave a voice message that'll be in the link there'll be a link in the description down below it's not a link but you can copy and paste it i cannot put a link in my description but i put it in so you can kind of just copy that those word section and just paste it in be sure to visit that to get the latest news. It's Real Sports, and I'm going to say so long to you, everybody. I will see you again on Wednesday. It's Real Sports.